everybody welcome back to another episode of atp this is drawing a blank number six today we are going to be covering the blackout bowl conspiracy theory otherwise known as super bowl 47 between the ravens and the niners we're going to be doing some fact or fiction as always and uh we'll see if i can slowly get past those humps and uh and maybe get my first win today and so it has not been fun but you know, got a tie last week. I think that's momentum swinging in my direction. Uh, last but not least, we're going to be wrapping up with our final uh, review of Space Force. That is going to be episodes 8, 9, and 10. So for next week and for the episodes going forward, what I'm going to be doing is we're going to be putting out a question on Instagram and some of our other social media platforms for show review ideas so make sure you're following us on Instagram at underscore AT podcast and watch out for our Friday story. Follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, all that good stuff. All right. So be ready for that. And we have a big announcement today that will be coming shortly, but we're first going to talk about some of our awesome partners here at ATP. First, we are going to start with FNX Fitness. FNX Fitness is a fitness supplement and apparel line whose goal is to provide the best possible products to inspire people to rise up. You all know I've already talked about it already. I've been using their Restore Protein for a while now. I'm telling you guys, it is one of the best protein supplements I've used in a long time. And once again, this is coming from a personal trainer. I, for the most part, know what I'm talking about. Lastly, there's so many different products though that you guys can use. Remember, there's stuff like Rebalance with a green blend that can help optimize your health, Revive for testosterone support, tons of different apparel lines. They just came out with a bunch of new July or 4th of July uh, tees, stuff like that. Go check out their website at fnxfitness.com. And if you find anything you really like, remember, use code AT podcast for 15% off of all products on their web store. All right. So secondly, we're going to go into Prevolve. Prevolve is a Seattle-based technology startup whose mission is to empower the human body. Using 3D foot scanning and 3D printing, they make custom fit footwear designed for your feet. Not my feet, not Dorian's feet, not anybody else's feet, your feet. You can finally get a pair of shoes that fit perfectly. Visit the website at www.pre-volve.com. There you can schedule a foot scan, learn more about the story of Prevolve, and even download 3D shoe models for yourself if you would like to 3D print them for yourself. All right, so we're going to just go ahead and go with the news of the day. We're welcoming on a new team member, the third team member francis is on the show he's the new part of the atp crew i'm not saying we're starting a media dynasty people are saying it i'm not saying it people are saying it so francis dude good to have you on man how you doing i'm doing well like thank you for having me on thank you dorian for for inviting me to the team i appreciate it i am uh 
Yeah, I'm out here in Jersey City in, uh, in New Jersey, just uh, trying to bring a little East Coast flair to our uh, All Thoughts podcast and uh, really excited to, to be a part of ATP moving forward. Yeah, man, it's going to be it's going to be fun to have you on. We're, uh, we're really happy to have you as part of the show. And uh, you know what? I just think it's going to be a good time, man. That's pretty much it. It's going to be a real good time. All right, guys. So let's head into the conspiracy theory. So we're, we're hitting on the blackout bowl, which is Super Bowl 47. And I don't know about you guys. I was watching the entire time. But just to really quickly outline what the conspiracy theory is. The conspiracy theory of the blackout bowl is because of the random blackout that happened during the Super Bowl itself in early in the third quarter, right? Lasted 34 minutes, and this was moments after Ravens' Jacoby Jones returned a 108-yard kickoff. I think that was a record, Super Bowl record, for a return TD, giving Baltimore a 22-point lead. After the blackout, the Niners came back after that to two points of the lead, but still ended up losing 34-31 in the end. So after the investigation, it was ruled that either a malfunctioning switch or an incorrect electrical setting was to blame for the power outage. But many people call shenanigans. They're questioning, okay, why would this blackout happen? Especially there's a lot of different reasons as for why, and we'll get into that in a second. So guys, let's go ahead and just talk about it really quickly. What are some of the things that you think are pros or maybe some of the reasons why this seems like a legitimate conspiracy theory well you know i i think uh the number one reason is because it was it was a blowout essentially before the blackout uh you come back to after the blackout and i think the game ends with what was the final score 34 31 it was a three-point game uh following the blackout so you know you kind of got to question how a game this big this important with this much preparation you can't figure out the lights for such a long amount of time. It's, it's just crazy. I mean, you think they prepare for this all year, right? A team or a stadium is going to host the Super Bowl. You'd think you have your facilities, you know, top-notch, ready to go. Cross your I's, dot your T's, uh, everything ready. And, and they, uh, they really dropped the ball. So you got to wonder. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree, man. And, the craziest part about it, and this is something that one of the videos I was watching talked about, is that they had literally just done like a $4 million renovation of their electrical system in the Superdome right before the Super Bowl. It was like just done before the Super Bowl had occurred that I believe the year beforehand. So the fact that there is electrical issues, it's like, okay, hold on a second. You guys literally just investigated everything. You went through all the checklists to figure that stuff out. Um, yeah, before I get ahead of myself, before I go too far into this, because you guys could probably already clearly tell where I'm heading with this. Francis, what are your takes on this conspiracy theory? I mean, I, I'm a pretty big football fan. I, I was watching the game myself, and I, I think I kind of lean into what Dorian was saying, which is I, I feel like there's definitely some, some cadence that can be added to this saying that it, it was something that the NFL wanted. It gave them more ad time. It gave them a little more time to kind of have their brand out there. And the game was a huge blowout. So for people who are avid fans, they might have turned it off at the end of the halftime or, or right after that because they're just kind of like, what's the point of watching a game that they're up by 22 with, with two quarters left? So, Yeah, man. And that's actually, according to some reports, that is what had happened is the game got out of hand, right? Ravens went up 22 points and people started turning off the game, right? Just like – 
And when you got it, you got to think about it, right? Is the Super Bowl is a game where there's a ton of people watching. It's an event who they don't give a shit about football. They're just watching for the pure entertainment value, right? So once the entertainment value kind of goes away, there's a lot of fair weather fans or people who don't really care that much about football who are going to start turning those buttons to a different channel, right? So I think it's, it's pretty plausible that like they were watching the ratings just plummet because this game was getting out of hand and it's it's pretty common that when these type of games happen right when these like crazy events and crazy comebacks and stuff like that happen that especially the nfl they tend to capitalize on events like that right they watch this stuff happen and they're just like boom we're gonna use this and platform that into like increasing revenue and i'll get that into that in a second well when they have i mean it extended their their time they they were on the air for so much longer because the blackout Mm -hmm. was on they had so much time to sell ads during that and then as the game got closer it it kind of became more intense so as everybody who watches football knows that as you go forward and games get closer that the very last few minutes can be extended for like 30 or 40 minutes in real time Mm -hmm. so you might have two minutes in game time but it's going to be a 40 minute real time event so there's so many reasons for why they might have really wanted this to happen Dorian, talk well, to I, I just think an, another reason that... <coughs> Ooh, nice cough, man. That's uh, it's beautiful. Right into the mic. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Go I just think another reason that a lot of people, you know, believe that it, it's really possible is this is not the first time a 49ers game has blacked out before. Yeah. Yep. Back in 2011, the 49ers had another back, blackout game. Um, and I think it was at, at a home game. So I think that also probably helps just anybody who, uh, you know, wants to believe jump on the bandwagon. So before we get into my final verdict, because to be honest with you, I've already well, gotten into it. So hold on, hold on. We'll, we'll get there in a second, Francis. Uh, let's go into cons really quickly though. Unless you guys have any final comments on pros. Oh no, I had a con. That's what I was going for. Give me the cons. Hit me with the cons. I was just going to say, I've, I've done... Uh, like I've worked on electrical upgrades for buildings before. And I mean, I don't know how sophisticated the upgrade might've been for the saints, but when you invest a lot of money to that, it definitely, you're trying to make something go right, but there's so many different things that could go wrong. And, and I mean, the amount of energy needed to power the Super Bowl, let alone a halftime show, let alone everything they're doing throughout the game. Um, if anything had just gone wrong or one person made a mistake, they might not want to put that blame on that one person. So yeah. I, I feel like there's definitely some case, some truth to, to the just being an accident that just really caused a huge event. Dorian, any cons that you have, anything that makes you feel like it's not true? I think the 49ers did it. I, I don't see any cons here. <laughs> I think they, they wanted to keep up with the Seahawks, try to get a, a Super Bowl in this era, and uh, they couldn't make it work. You know what happens. It sounds like some, uh, some serious Seattle bias coming from you, Dorian, but that can't be true, right? You know, I, I just I just see the facts. <laughs> Spoken like a true Seattle born and bred. Yeah, I was about to say, no matter what, at the end of the day, Dorian can never be taken away his true Seattle uh, fandom. So I will say this is, yeah, they, they did spend $4.2 million on electrical upgrades. And while you might say, and I, I said this at the beginning as well, is that it seems like that would be more likely to work. You know, if... It wouldn't surprise me if there's like one malfunctioning chip or a switch or whatever in such a huge renovation. I mean, I looked it up and it, it 
stuff like this. Lucas Oil, the I think the year before, used like 15,000, I want to say, watts of electricity, which is like equivalent to power 1,400 average U.S. homes in the full year, right? So basically, from what I'm seeing here is that it's a lot of shit. The Beyonce, even though apparently they use a separate generator, I would imagine the Beyonce show used a lot of energy and you know at the same time megawatts here thank you francis you uh you typed it out you can just say it next time if you want to you can just say megawatts instead of typing it in it yeah so megawatts of energy um for the actual super bowl itself and so it's it's a huge power sucker and it's a huge energy source and it would not surprise me that some tiny switch went off or something was wrong with it being such a big performance, it just makes it makes it seem even bigger, right? But what do you guys think? What is your final verdict on this conspiracy? Yeah, if, I, if I'm going to be serious about it, I think that I really, I really want to believe that the NFL is corrupt, and I think that they did this to make more money for themselves, and I think it worked for them. And in the long run, it really did make the game better because regardless of if it, they did it or not, it got people talking about it and people continue to talk about it and then fans are more invested because of it. So I, I think the NFL did it and they wanted it to happen. Fair enough. Dorian, I think I already know your answer, but uh, what do you say, man? Yeah, you know, I, I pretty much agree with that sentiment, whether it was the 49ers or the NFL itself. Uh, you know, there's they have how many games in a year and – the biggest one where everybody's watching that's a blowout, the lights go out. Yeah, okay. All right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well very, said. Very well, well said. said. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Dorian, you seem like you need a cup of coffee, my man. I'm not going to lie. You're like, I'm looking at you right now, and you're just blinking a lot. You're smiling. Should I uh, get a little espresso in your life, bro? I might be losing it right now. A little delusional. <laughs> All right. So my final verdict is I agree with you guys. I think the NFL did it. Um, they, they had been gradually growing. They had like from 2012 to 2013, they had a jump in 0.41 billion revenue compared to 0.35 the prior year. But this is never, this was something that had never been seen in Goodell's NFL, right? Since he had been commissioner, there had never been a blowout NFL or excuse me, Super Bowl. And so for him to have this situation, wait, 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 let, let me stop you there real quick. There was a blowout. No, no, no. That was the year after you're after dude. The Seahawks blew out the, the Broncos the year after. Okay. Okay. I have to make yeah. sure. I was about to say, I'm like, no, 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 no. There was a blowout, but they can't do it two day. They can't do it two Super Bowls in a row. So I guarantee Goodell was getting itchy and he wanted to make that shit happen, but they, they couldn't do it two years in a row. They had just done it the year before. But you guys want to know something crazy was these type of moments, once again, as I noted before, these type of moments always tend to spring in like us a little bit more of a edge of fandom, right? Or like people start watching more hungrily, right? For these crazy moments. And uh, so first of all, this Super Bowl ended up being like, I think the third or fourth most ever watched television event at the time after the blackout had happened and even more importantly the revenue of the nfl jumped from 9.58 billion in 2013 to 11.09 billion 
just the next year. I call shenanigans. I think that Goodell is the type of motherfucker who's going to make this shit happen. He is 100% that corrupt son of a bitch who is going to watch those ratings dropped as people are, you know, turning the TV to another channel in the middle of this and switching off those lights and getting that, at least giving the opportunity for the Niners to get that comeback and then making all that money and boom, there we go. Ad revenue coming his way. I just, it smells fishy. Something's off about it for sure. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I think it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's just not, it doesn't sit well in my stomach. And, and I feel like this company that makes a lot of money made more. All right, guys. Well, it sounds like all three final verdict is, uh, is that shenanigans, NFL shenanigans. Cool. All right, guys. Well, uh, for our first ever conspiracy theory, there was not a lot of contention on that. We were like a hundred percent on the same page, which is a little bit disappointing. I'm not going to lie. Hopefully we'll find some that we, uh, that we disagree on a little bit more in the coming future, but we'll, we'll have to wait to see on that one. So before we switch it up to fact or fiction, Dorian, I hope you're ready for that bad boy. We have our ad with ESR embroidery. So are you guys looking for custom apparel for your growing business? Are you looking to make personalized logos for you, your team, or just want some custom swag for yourself? Come to ESR Embroidery for all your personalized apparel needs. We're talking shirts, hats, hoodies, and more. Built on ingenuitive designs and detailed work, you'll be able to bring the design you've always been looking for alive at ESR. Find them on Instagram at ESR underscore embroidery for personalized inquiries or on Etsy for all other work. Remember, ESR is the company that has brought alive the ATP apparel line, which is going to be coming more readily available to y'all very soon in the future. All right. So we're going to head to fact or fiction. Dorian, you ready for a W on Aleko's end? Hey, I think you're forgetting a, a big important feature of fact or fiction this week. Oh, yes. I comp- Oh, my God. I can't believe did, I wait, completely forgot. did you forgot. not prep for this? No, no. I prepped for it. I prepped for it. I just forgot to say in the beginning. I am so sad that I forgot to say this in the beginning. This is our Florida edition. We're doing Florida-specific edition of Fact or Fiction, and I am incredibly excited for this. I don't know about you guys. Florida man, go hard. <laughs> Florida man, go hard. All right. So, Dorian, are you ready – Let's go ahead. I'll give it to you this week to start. I started last week. Whenever you're ready, hit me. All right. Fact or fiction. Florida man was charged with assault after throwing an alligator through a drive-thru window. Fact. Absolute fact. I'm saying fact. It's a fact. It was a Wendy's. It was a Wendy's. (laughs) That's awesome. That's, I mean, first of all, Alligator related. It's not surprising. They're throwing big, alligators around there. How big was the alligator? Great question. I'd like to know the answer to. Yeah. Like, was it a baby one or a big one? What, what was the dispute that caused you to throw an alligator through a window? He didn't get his frosty right. He well, gave him chocolate instead of vanilla. It's the, it's the Florida version of slushying the drive through. What the hell is slushing, Francis? That, that sounds like some New Jersey stuff. <laughs> You guys never, you know, when you drive through, I've never done this, but you go through a drive-thru and you like throw your slushy at the worker in the drive-thru. Didn't you see that in like, it was in like Parks and Rec or The Office. 
I honestly, maybe I missed that episode, but I have not seen that before. Um, that That is some East Coast BS right there, if I've ever heard of it or not. They're just so pissed off that they just throw a slushy. <laughs> it's terrible. It. That's it's so, I like that idea. I like that idea of it being the, the Florida version of slushing. That's awesome. All right. Dorian, you ready? I'm ready. All right. Fact or fiction? Florida man sentenced to prison for attempting to start a race war at Disney World. That's got to be fact. It's actually fiction. It's fiction, but hold on. Let me give you a little bit of backdrop on why it's fiction. Because you're not too wrong, but you're also not right. So in a rural compound just 11 miles out of Orlando and Disney World, a gentleman named Marcus Fiella. I'm not even sure how to say his last name and his followers spent years stockpiling weapons and food, erecting barbed wire and conducting elaborate paramilitary drills in order to ignite a race war in central Florida. Not even a little bit surprising. Not even, not even a little bit surprising. That's very Florida right there. Racism and craziness. Florida Florida man all day. All right, here's here's the next one for you. You're up 1-0 right now. Uh, you know, it's I'm not no. feeling great about this week because I mean I'll pretty much believe anything. <laughs> but here we go. Fact or fiction. Florida man walks into a first day of job, walks out arrested. Once again, I'm just gonna keep saying fact. Yeah. Yeah. Fact. So this one is actually fiction. The headline was that he walked in for an interview. Upon walking out of the interview, he went to go. It was a retail store. He went and stole a bunch of clothes on his way out <laughs> and got caught and arrested. He didn't even. He didn't even make it out of the interview without being I'm, arrested. I'm gonna take it the interview did not go well, and he was not expecting to get the job. All right. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, spring cleaning. <laughs> spring cleaning. Exactly. He was just doing. He was doing the business a favor, right? Okay, Dorian. Fact or fiction, Florida man steals 75 pool floats for sex. That's a pretty vague, generic statement. Like, 75 pool toys? Is that what you said? Yeah, pool floats. Pool floats, that could be, yeah, I mean, probably like some weird porno they're shooting in Florida. I'm going to say fact. I'm, I'm going to have to go with fact on that one. It's a fact. It's a fact, yeah. Christopher Monin, 35, told Palm Bay police he stole pool floats for sex, and I quote, instead of raping women. That yeah. took a weird turn. That it took a very sure. weird turn. Yes, it, I was also oh. reading this, and I was just like, okay, this became way more intense than I was hoping for and did not realize I was going to oh. get myself into that rabbit hole. But, uh, but yeah, so he, he told the police he burglarized several homes to steal the floats, he led police to a vacant home where he had kept his stash and was arrested and charged with burglary. Wait, time out, time Occupied out. dwelling. His stash Is he having sex with these flotation yes. devices? Yes. Oh, I thought it was like to have sex on top of float. Like. That was my initial experience. Oh, oh this is way more Florida man. <laughs> So you're more okay. You're more okay with the fact that he was going to have sex with the floats than if he was going to have sex on top of it. Now, listen, I'm not saying I'm okay with any of it. I'm saying that is more Florida man. 
<laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right, Dorian, hit me with your last one, man. All right. Facts or fiction? Florida man learns hard way that he stole laxatives, not opiates. Facts, straight facts. Yeah, that's 100% a fact. I'm, I'm calling full facts on that. It's definitely yeah. a fact. Yes. <laughs> I, I hate to, to be that guy in the moment of realization. Yeah, I mean. But at the same time, if he was looking for opiates, it might have been helpful. So. I was say, it depends. Like, I don't opiates know. make you constipated, apparently. So. Do they? Is that a is that a thing? Okay. Yes. Well, note for everybody out there, opioids make you constipated. It's good to know. All right. So uh let's go ahead and head to my last one. So it's I think this is so if you get this wrong, Dorian, I win. That's true. This is a big moment for me. I can't tie again. I don't want to tie again. I need that win. <laughs> I like what's been tied his whole life. Speaking of sex. So all right, fact or fiction. Florida man has surgery to remove screwdriver from rectum. I'm going to go fiction. It's a fact. It's a fact? It's a fact. You know, I went against my better judgment. I was like, I would normally just say fact, and I decided before you even said your next thing that I was going to say fiction. Yeah, man. Doctors found a screwdriver in a 46-year-old Florida man's rectum during a CT scan. It was surgically like he removed. Did, he did not know? um that i can't (laughs) clarify for you or not uh i'm not sure if he was keeping it there for uh savings or what so i asked the same question i asked about the alligator how big was it the the screwdriver That's a, that's a fantastic question. Is how big is this screwdriver? Was it like a little toy, like eyeglass screwdriver, or was it like a screwdriver to put in a fridge together or something? You know, it's a big difference. They they really didn't give the specifics on how large the screwdriver was. Um, for this man's sake, I hope that it was a small screwdriver. But uh, you know, one can one can only hope. It. Uh, you also have to have all metal removed when you go into a C- CT scan, so that's pretty like sketch. Yeah, so we've got a lot of questions. There's, yeah. yeah, there's a ton of follow-up with this. So uh, This is big Florida man, though. Exactly. Well, congrats on your first win, Aleko. I know, dude. I'm not sure. Francis, we're going to definitely keep you in on this from this point on because you're, uh, you're apparently my good mojo. I like this. I needed yeah, I you know, around. I don't know about Francis answering before you have a chance to. I, I, you know, I, I, I might contest well, it. You might put an asterisk I think, on this one. Go- <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't you dare asterisk me. Don't I mean, you dare Tom Brady you me. said fact. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be the Roger Goodell to my, to my championship. Aleko's first win, Asterix. <laughs> <laughs> so next like week. Yeah, I was about to say, just like whoever wins the NBA this week yeah. or this year. Unless this it's week. LeBron. <laughs> Is that are you a big LeBron stan? Big LeBron stan. My family, my mom's family from uh, Cleveland. So. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Big LeBron stan. Nice. So did you hate LeBron first and then go back to liking him? No, I always liked him because he's good. Got to respect talent. Okay. 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 I can respect the consistency if nothing else. But uh, next week, the way that we're going to change this up for all of our listeners out there is Francis is going to have his own input on all of our factor fictions. So we're going to do a, yeah, we're trioing this up. So we're all going to do factor fictions. We're all going to have our two, or excuse me, are three facts or fictions. 
And we're just going to keep a running tally of who's going to get it right, who's going to get it wrong. So get ready. You guys are just going to have a little bit more, uh, more votes, I guess, or facts or fictions to tally up consistently to know who's on the leaderboard. Right now, I'm going to count this as Aleko wins round one of the fresh start. We're, we're counting to this today's episode as the fresh start episode. Dorian, your previous wins are nulled and void. <laughs> you know, everybody listening knows the truth. So, you know, I'm comfortable on my skin. Okay. Okay. Whatever, whatever, whatever. All right. So before we head into the last bit of today, which is going to be a review of Space Force, we're going to talk about our last sponsor of the day, which is Down Dog Athletics. So Down Dog Athletics mission is to make yoga and mental health more accessible to athletes so they can improve their performance. Every yoga sequence is designed to mimic movement patterns seen in the gym and on the field. Every mindset technique is put through the lens of how an athlete sees the world. We believe that every athlete needs a balance between their light side and their dark side. We are programmed to be dark side dominant, always going harder and faster. But sometimes we need to tap into our light side by slowing down and practicing stillness. When you slow down, you gain more awareness. When you gain more awareness, you smooth out inefficiencies and become faster. Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Francis, I'm just going to tell you now, this, that moniker right there, the slow is smooth and smooth is fast, is my favorite thing in the world. I'm going to talk about it all the time. Just be ready for that. So find out how Down Dog Athletics can help you reach your goals at downdogathletics.com. There you can find programs that are going to help you reach your mental and physical goals. All right, guys. So we're going to head into the review of Space Force episodes 8, 9, 10. Today's the closure. It's done. We're done after that. Well, we're done with Space Force, at least. Let's get into it. Space Force. All right. So Space Force episode 8 overview. We're going to do hyperspeed version. So episode 8, Naird finally gets to go to prison. And it's the conjugal visit uh, where Maggie is at him or is at him <laughs> where Maggie is waiting for him and they finally get the chance to do the deed, but they put him in this weird, like motel six kind of replica room. And uh, at first they do not have sex. And the reason for that is because they start talking about potentially moving into an open marriage after some debate, they decide to go through with it. Uh, also Dr. Mallory has trouble getting people who are willing to go onto the moon. This is actually one of my favorite parts. Um, and decides to find some people who are going to go onto the moon with the rest of the crew. Episode nine, it's good to be back on the moon or what she actually says is it's good to be black on the moon. (laughs) It's a great line. So space forces mission to the moon is going to be done four years ahead of schedule. So the boobs on the moon will be much earlier with arguably the most ragtag group of astronauts, air quotes, astronauts that they can put together. They find out that the Chinese have claimed a research area in the sea of tranquility and need to find another landing spot or start an international incident. Dr. Mallory goes on a great spiral uh, and they find out China is drilling for H3, et cetera, et cetera, right? So last but not least, episode 10. So after China runs over the U.S. flag on the moon, Naird has to come up with ideas for a response. Fuck Tony leads a focus group to figure out a response. None of those things are good. Yeah, fuck Tony. <laughs> you big fuck Tony fan, Francis? You're throwing up air quotes. <laughs> I really like doing Park and Rec. So yeah. It's yeah. great. Fair. 
Fair, fair, fair. So he decides to go against the orders and enlist Maori to help. Or excuse me. Let me go ahead and backtrack really quickly. Nared is ordered to execute a combat order against the Chinese. He goes against them. They take apart the guns. And the general gets taken into custody for denying the order by General Grabiston, which we have all come to either love or hate. I'm not sure about you guys. In the end, the Chinese destroyed the Space Force base, and it is left in a hell of a cliffhanger. I don't know about you guys. This was a very, very, very interesting and good three-episode stretch. So what are your guys' takes? Just starting off here. I think I think they were great. I mean, I really like these three compared to the rest of the season, I feel like. I think they've they kind of developed the characters a lot and really kind of went forward with a lot of those those lines, which I think made the story a little more succinct and gave it just a little more depth when you're when you're watching it. Because the first seven episodes I felt like it was kind of just like, what is this really leading into? And and I feel like this kind of gave a little more uh direction. Yeah, um, I thought these were the three best episodes of the show. I mean, um, kind of backing up what Francis said, you really see them start to get into that character development. I mean, and that's something we've talked about is the issue with previous episodes. And I think you just start to see a lot more like natural jokes come up. Um, They're able to get a lot more good jokes in it. And it's not just these corny like space jokes. It's just like good, funny joke so i'm i'm hopeful that this is the start of the show getting a lot better and a lot funnier yeah i i'm with you guys i thought these these three episodes were by far the best um they really started to open up a lot of the the relationships and character development that i had going on um totally agree francis it's one of those things where you're like okay they're actually getting somewhere and it feels like they can actually have a second season and it would go well like the first, the first couple episodes I watched with my girlfriend, we were kind of like, is this just Michael Scott in like an army uniform? Like, like there were some aspects of the character that I don't think was truly developed that maybe Steve Carell was actually trying to figure it out himself. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's cool to kind of see how the show has, has grown a little bit more just in one season. So I, hopefully they bring it back. And, and even with everything going on in the world, we get to see it happen soon. So, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's go ahead and uh, run down the line really quickly. So episode eight, Conjugal Visit. What did you guys think? Like, did you have any notes or comments about that specific episode? I thought that the, you know, the interview that they jumped off in where they're interviewing astronauts, um, I thought that was great. They had the guy who is, I couldn't tell what had just happened, but suddenly he's, he's talking about how much Sabin's making in Roll Tide. Um, I thought that was just a great tie-in to see in the sh- that show. And then they, you know, get into the fuck-off off, uh, if you will, as they're you both know. trying to hang up the phone. Yeah, fuck Tony ends up being an Alabama fan, apparently. That was a great part as well. Fuck Tony, great character. They did a lot with him. Obviously a bandwagon fan. Yeah, of course. That's just fuck Tony. That's what he is. He's a bandwagon person. I also, I like the, the character development with uh, the, the captain and then with um, the, I'm forgetting his name right now, but the guy from Silicon Valley. Chan. Oh, Chan, yeah. yeah. I just felt like that was cool. Like, I, it's cool to kind of see how all those characters are developing outside as well. And they're not necessarily like main characters, but that, that just kind of added a little more to the, to the show. So question for you guys. Lisa, we find out in this episode that Lisa Kudrow is in, J- and I always like, talking about her actual name i know her name is maggie but like i love saying her full name i really lisa like Kudrow. saying lisa Kudrow. just because time. she's so phoebe. i always call her phoebe that's what i always call phoebe. her yeah she's phoebe so she's in jail for 40 years we find out in this episode it's got to be manslaughter right she's she she did something really really bad she did something awful if he can't get her out 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So what do you guys think? What do you think? What do you think she did? You know, I have no clue, but I, I feel like it has something to do with them, her realizing that they were going to Colorado and just once they got there, losing her fucking mind. Okay. So we had speculated before, Dorian. And I think there will be an episode showing us exactly what happened in season two. I was just going to say that. Dude, I think they're going to string it along for a bit, though. They're, they're clearly, like, intentionally stringing this along for us. And I have a strong feeling that it's not going to be – it's definitely not going to be an immediate thing in, the, in season two that they're going to tell us. They might build it now. Now with everything going on, they could definitely build it around, like, some of the, the craziness and kind of, like, make it more – even more kind of, like, ridiculous than it could have been. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they added 40 the, – the 40 years – part really made it so it's like okay this has got to be intense like maybe really it's like, really intense maybe she like ran somebody over with her car or like i don't know maybe that's what i'm saying is real violent could be manslaughter could be yeah. manslaughter let me ask you guys this if your significant other was in prison for 40 years what would you guys do with that open relationship proposal what's my starting age with my significant other in prison <laughs> right now <laughs> 26 come on so i'd be 66 when they got out that's young that's 66 young man 66 so I have, young you got a lot of life left to live but if i don't have any kids then we wouldn't have any children well i guess we could technically have children in you prison two conjugal visits was it a month or a year it was a year it was a year <laughs> two conjugal visits for, a year for prison babies i guess you could do that you yeah. could literally I, have a you could have a new kid every year what's the charge are they in uh are they in like white collar, white collar prison or are they in like hardcore max, max security prison? I mean, you saw her in the show. She's got a book club. Well, I'll say, right, we, yeah. like same thing as what she's got going on right same now. Same situation. Okay. Are I'd you doing it? I'd stay. I wouldn't go open. Definitely going to say I'm going open. I'm, I'm taking the, the open route. I think that's 40 years is a long time. That's a long time. My take is depending on what you're in prison for, there's a good chance we're going to get divorced. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's also true. That's very true. All right. I guess at that point, yeah. I guess I didn't think about it like that. If, to, be, to be fair, if my wife was in jail for uh, killing somebody intentionally, a divorce might have already been in the, in the cards at that point. Like, I'd probably be like, yeah, I don't know if this is the relationship for me. All right. Another question for the group. If you guys were in jail for 40 years, so let's switch this up. If you were the ones in jail, what's the first hobby that you would pick up? Like something whittling. Do you got to pick up something new or can you just continue doing something you've done? Continue something you've done, something new. It's up to you, man. Like what what would you put all of your energy into? Um, That is a good question. I don't, I I don't read a lot reading. (laughs) That would be one of them. I would say reading working out and probably sleeping and meditating a lot whatever yeah. makes time go by extremely fast so essentially just things we should all be doing consistently already yeah. <laughs> like don't tell me how to live my life <laughs> yeah i just loved how like i don't know she talked about like picking up the clarinet and stuff like that and um how she's the book the she runs the book club i i just think I think I would try and stretch myself into like whatever hobbies that prison could potentially offer. I don't know what I would oh, have available to me, but uh, I would try as many as I could. All right. So let's go ahead and head to episode nine. It's good to be 
black on the moon. Dorian, really quickly, what'd you think of that? That just that bit. Oh, I thought that was great. And more than that, I thought it was great just like the whole build up because it's like something you don't really think about, but like yeah, they're going to ask me to say something for being the first person on the moon. What do I say? And I was thinking about it myself. Like, what would I say if I was going to be the first person in, what is it, 40 years on the moon? I have no clue. I just sat there for like 10 minutes thinking about it. I was like, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know where you'd start. Yeah, that's actually a great question for you guys. Like, what would you say? I don't know. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. To infinity and beyond? Oh, I, we're back. I don't know. I, yeah, right? I don't... Like, there's so many things that you could say. I feel like to infinity and beyond. I heard that, Dorian. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I might honestly say that. I, I'm going to steal that. That's, that's what I would say. To infinity and beyond. That's what I would say. But you're just on the moon. Who cares? It's infinity. <laughs> it's beyond. I've, I've also got to say about episode nine, I love that they open up with you know, um, the media session and someone asks if it's true that they couldn't find any astronauts to agree to go to the moon. And Nerd says, becoming an astronaut is like losing your virginity. You can't claim it until it happens. I just thought it was great after he answered those questions and, and fuck Tony's like, look at that, a great question, a great answer to a terrible question. <laughs> he did a great job. <laughs> no. I, Dorian, I'm, I'm going to kind of go off of what you were just saying there. I'm not super familiar with NASA space launches, but I'm fairly certain there are like years and years of necessary training to become an astronaut. I really love that Space Force expedited the process and just let anybody go into space. It was a Craigslist ad, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's just normal people. They're like, you didn't, the big NASA brains didn't pack anything. <laughs> What, what was crazier to me is that they couldn't get any of the people that they had got enrolled into Space Force. Yeah, to right. To go to space. They, uh, it was that one, oh God, I'm forgetting. So there's Eddie, the crazy, the crazy guy who in one episode comes out of the dumpster. Um, <laughs> it's two the randos that they bring, right? Everything else, everybody else I think is in Space Force. but The like second they, lady, I have no idea where she's from. Like, do you guys know? With the bird? Yeah, the bird lady. That was so weird. I wasn't sure. Yeah. I, I was like, did I miss something? She's my favorite. She, the bird in the helmet. She's hilarious. Dude, she's the one who asks <laughs> she's the one who asks about like what's considered masturbation or not. And she's like, Well, whatever it is, I did it. <laughs> she's the best. She's so fucking funny. Like she might have like just propped herself really quickly up into like my favorite character in those last three episodes. She you made know. me laugh so much. Episode nine may have been my favorite episode of the season. And it was just, there were so many good storylines going on at the same time. You know, you had Nerd who acted on the, the open relationship by uh, going out and approaching, I think it was Kelly. Kelly. Yeah, Kelly. And he like, off the bat, immediately just explains everything to her about the, yeah, my wife's in prison. Uh, she said we should do an open relationship. This is me doing it. Like, whoa, too much honesty, man. <laughs> yeah i love i love how he goes this is like immediately after the launch that he goes and asks her out too he's like in the midst of a major launch and he's just like turning around and like yeah i'm, I'm gonna go ask this chick out on a date right now while i'm arguing the most busy and like substantial point in my entire career how the fuck are you even thinking about that 
Shooters got to shoot. Shooters got to shoot, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. So what's, what else is, oh, quick question for you guys. Chan and Angela, are they the next Jim and Pam? I say yes. You know, I think it's easy to go to the gym and Pam route with them. I think it's going to be different, but I think they're trying to generate something similar. Because what's interesting that, that you don't really think about because it happens at the end of the show, but likely for at least the majority of the next season, she's going to be on the moon. Yeah. They I mean, it's on a quick trip back. Right. So they're not going to have really scenes like in the same place anymore. But I do think that their like friendship relationship will continue to like really grow this next season. And I think they'll continue to have those little private conversations that they're having like off calm. Almost like when, when Jim moved to a different office and they were separated. Well, they there were we not go. When that happened. Exactly. True office true. fan knows that Francis. Come on. All right. Well, let's <laughs> just trying to, try to make the connections, you know, it also could be a Dwight and Angela situation going on. Ooh, Dwight and Angela situation. I didn't even think about that one. Put her cat yeah. in a freezer. <laughs> But it was he was trying to preserve her, you know, <laughs> save her for Angela for later. I also loved in in this episode, uh, Mallory getting into an argument with the uh, Chinese scientist. Yes. Like, What's your name? And he's like just dismissing him. And then they show him sitting at his desk later, and he's like, "I will fuck you up." Yeah, dude. the The Mallory spiral is actually like one of my favorite parts of this episode. That was just talking mad shit. That's what made it the best episode for me. Him, like at his desk, was like, "I'm gonna fuck you up," (laughs) like talking to himself. (laughs) He was just like, he's like, "Yeah, I said your research paper was fantastic. Fuck that shit. Wasn't even that good." Like he he really went off, and I mean, like they do a pretty good job of making the Chinese seem just like those assholes in space who just don't give a shit about what we think and are just going to do whatever they want to do and uh also what i would imagine is like a very 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 trumped up version of what china is and i mean that trumped up literally but also like president trump version of what china is which is just like a bunch of fucking assholes who are just trying to undermine us at any single point so i think they they kind of kept on uh uh i guess on theme with that so all right let's go ahead and head to the last one proportionate response so the Wait, china I runs have, I got oh yeah point on the last one dude hit it you do it just hit so, it one thing that i thought was really important about this episode that i've been wondering about all season is that aaron called nerd out for like literally never being around he bails on her in the last episode leaving her at that prison that night that he was supposed to help her with her homework, he just like left her home alone all night. He's been a horrible father the entire show, and she finally called him out. 40 seconds. Yeah, yeah, she times yeah. him. Yeah. yeah, that was savage. That was, that was, a, like, I did not expect that response. Uh, that's a very much more adult than a high schooler type of, uh, type of emotional response. So congrats to Aaron for being the best 23-year-old playing a 17-year-old emotionally inspired. Well, it kind of built off of like episode nine though, when he like went out to ask out Kelly and, or in episode eight, excuse me, when, and then like he spent all that time in the midst of like a huge thing going on, like talking about that, like trying to have a date. And then the same time his daughter tries to talk to her during a big situation, he goes, I'm busy. Like I have to leave. Like I can't really do this right now. And kind of like didn't really yeah. give her the time of day. Yeah. On a very serious note, 
clearly Nared has not been the best dad whatsoever to her. Um, I think that's something we can probably all agree on. But it's funny how it, it feels like it gets glossed over a lot. Like, they definitely gloss over the fact that Aaron just gets left at the prison. They don't even talk about how she gets back. She just gets left. He just he flies away crying. And that's the end of the episode. That's it. They don't even address it. Seriously. But that's yeah. almost like the, that's like the, the part of this, the show that I feel like they are building off of. And, and like, they just don't want to connect the dots sometimes. And they just leave it up for like the imagination of the viewer. That's true. That's true. And that's how we can do reviews like this and for it to, to you know, all come together. So thank you, Space Force, for giving us enough room to be able to do reviews and uh, go in depth like this. They so did it for us. They did it for <laughs> exactly. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what they're doing. They're doing it for us. Big shout out, S- Space Force. Big shout out to All Thoughts Podcast. So, episode ten. What did you guys think of this final episode? I think it set up the next season pretty well. I think it gave a lot of different plot, like places where it can kind of divulge, and there's a lot of different things or diverge. Excuse me, a lot of different directions that they can kind of take the show, and and I'm interested to see where it kind of goes. I, yeah. I completely agree with that. I think that it has more potential than it definitely felt like it did at the start. And, you know, before it seemed like that we were going to get a lot of just them trying to kind of sped up, set up space force as an entity. Uh, And that seemed like that was going to be what the show was based around. But now you actually can see some plot developing and, you know, there's this arms race on the moon now going on and some actual development um, that it looks like can occur. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was very interesting. So John Blandsmith is the guy who, is the secretary of defense. I can't remember the actor, whoever plays him, but uh, he has some pretty outlandish and like extremely violent responses to like what they should do to uh, combat the Chinese. But my favorite quote, like the one thing that made me laugh really hard was when the, uh, the general, I actually, I can't remember which general it was, but he, he just sits there and he's like, that's like three violations of the Geneva convention, man. Like, (laughs) he's just like he's like nah you guys should you should like just go take it in blow them up light everything on fire like all these different things in a research area and uh and good on nerd for not taking action with that and uh having some some moral compass i think there was a really interesting way that like a direction that they took the the show in as a whole as well as this episode is that there's a lot of like questions of morality that come up in certain episodes and even though they might be like small or not highlighted very explicitly i think it's stuff like that where you look at it and you're like okay this episode this show was clearly trying to be more than just your base level sitcom which i appreciated a lot yeah and and i think kind of throughout that the whole first season and it's it is very similar i think in the office to this way is that you know you had michael scott you had nared who, who starts off as kind of this this character who just kind of makes these dumb comments Um, But as the first season progresses, you really find out that while he makes asshole statements, a lot of times he's actually a pretty good person at heart and has good attention. And even though he's fucking up constantly and, and making those mistakes, you're still rooting for the guy at the end of the day. Totally agree. Totally agree. Frenchie, what you got? Yeah. I I just kind of agree with Dorian on that. He said it pretty well. Yeah. (laughs) Well said, man. Appreciate the input. (laughs) I'm trying my best here, right, guys? God, it's terrible. your first podcast. You're really uh, we gotta. I'm, putting, I'm taking all the stops out here, all right? I'm really trying. Spoiler alert: Francis didn't watch the show. He's reading the Wikipedia. <laughs> Actually, it's a it's a Vulture article right now. Okay, <laughs> just to clarify. Thank you. Shout out Vulture. 
Oh man, that's awesome. Well, Francis, I, uh, I hope that you got some really good stuff off of that article. And uh, for that, let's go ahead and just kind of finish out on final verdict on the first season. From We'll start with you, Francis. What was your final verdict of the entire first season? I think overall it was a good show. I think at first I was a little worried about it, um, but I think they pulled it together. I think they set up a pretty good base. Um, and I think that if you judge uh, a series by its first season, um, you're kind of too harsh of a TV critic. I think you kind of have to let something develop and, and 10 episodes is not enough to really see the depth of what they can do. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, you know, it's something that we've kind of talked about the whole time leading up to this and watching the show. It's, I think the show has a lot of potential. I think, you know, you just have to spend so much time of the pilot season of a show setting the scene that it's really hard to, to do anything that funny. And I'm really hoping that, that season two really changes. I would say if it's still on this same level of funniness season two, it's, it's kind of a, a dud for me, but I really do think that they have a chance to, to do a lot more uh, next season. Yeah. So great guys. I was about to say, I pretty much wrote down exactly what you just said to a certain extent. So uh, we're just going to go ahead and just apparently reiterate the same sentiment over and over again, which is, I said, the show has gotten a lot better as time went on. They did a much better job of leaning into the episode motifs and storyline. And uh, with more character development and time, I think the show could really go somewhere. So we're really fucking original. Apparently <laughs> we all well, have the same ideas. I mean, there's so much they can do with space, though. Like, it's, it's such a cool... It is a really cool concept for a show, for a comedy, because it, it plays on, like, the actualities of being able to go to space, being able to do what they are doing, but kind of just throwing all this humor into it. I, th I think it's cool. So I'm, I'm excited. It's just, like, this interesting concept that he's put together. So hopefully the writing improves a little bit. So, yeah. so one final note on it. Where do you guys think season two starts? Like, it could be, like, a couple-year time jump, you know? Like the, the bird is floating away. Bird is floating away. Yep. All right. So to Mars. I, uh, I think do you, okay. That's actually a great question. Do you guys think that they're just going to ignore the fact that they're without a base to live in right now? The Chinese destroyed their entire moon base. So are they going to come back and talk about that? Or are they just going to like go past that fast forward past it? So that, that plays into the question that Dorian was saying or was, was talking about, which is that they could put a huge gap in between things, just like they've kind of done with other parts of the show where like they left Aaron in the, the jail and just kind of didn't talk about it. Or mm -hmm. they could kind of make the second season start directly from that moment. So I'm... My question was a play <sighs> off of Dorian's question, more or less, but it was, uh, it was intended to kind of get the idea of like, okay, are we going to just see them do what they did in the very first episode, right? Where they just like fast forward a year past and uh i don't know man i think personally i think that they're gonna they're gonna address the yeah. situation i That's think they're gonna I do it the first episode is going to be closing the cliffhanger of like what they're doing with the base i would think that's right yeah i mean i honestly i could see it going either way i think you can do that and you're you're jumping back in right where you left off or you can do you know <laughs> a year or two jump forward and you can kind of establish some of these storylines and I, I mean you know i think I see that as a possibility just with the fact that they did it with the first episode. Hey, we're going to start Space Force. Hey, we're at Space Force. Hey, we're putting the first thing. We're launching the first rocket. Hey, we're, you know, by the end of the season, we're on the moon. So they've already done a lot of time jumps. I could see them doing it again, and I could see them kind of going throughout season two, kind of reverse episodes explaining how they got there. That's a good – I didn't even think mm. about that. That's, 
That would be really cool. That's like some uh, Arrested Development Season 4 kind of situation. Yeah, Dorian, go on, uh, become a writer. Could it it also be that they changed? I mean, when Space Force came out, weren't we all kind of in like lockdown essentially, or a lot of people were starting to go into lockdown? Could it be that they changed the the layout of the first season? I wonder, you know, out of curiosity, I wonder if they're going to respond with anything having to do with coronavirus in general. Like I, I'm curious if they're going to include any part of that into the show as well. So I guess we'll we'll have to we'll have to kind of wait and see. So yeah, that was that was like the the astronauts who just came back from the International Space Station. They uh they went up before everything started and they came back mm-hmm. and it was like they had never even experienced it. So yeah, the world inter- is a pretty different place. Yeah, right now. it was interesting to see their interviews and have them talk about that. It's fun stuff. It's fun stuff. They obviously, I would imagine, they got like news like consistently streamed to them up there. So they were aware of it, but like to live it is clearly very different since yeah. we've been living it for a bit now. Um, all right, guys. So out of 10, let's just give it a rating. Final verdict. I'm going to say seven out of 10. I give it a six out of 10. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you guys. Like, it's, it's above a five for me, but it, there's no way you can call this an eight. And even a seven is a reach for me. Yeah. You know, I'll go right in the middle of you six and a half. Okay. Nice. All right. All right. We're uh, we're really on the same page today, guys. It's uh, feels good. It's the takeaway from the show. I'd love to hear if any viewers have a different opinion than than what we all just shared. Yes, I. We would definitely love to hear any questions or comments that you guys would have about what we have said about the show review so far. So if you all have anything, Francis, go ahead, ma'am. What you gonna say? No, yeah, nothing. Go ahead. Okay. So I was gonna say if you guys have anything to combat our takes or if you have any ratings or you think that the show was better or worse than we have previously talked about go ahead and fire away our email is atpodcast2 at gmail.com we will be receiving emails that will be taking any questions or comments on our reviews of the show so remember we are going to be transitioning next week to a new show But we're going to let you guys help us with suggestions for the show. And we'll pick the one that we think is best going forward. We're going to start a review of that starting next week. We'll determine based on how long the show is, how many episodes in a row that we're going to talk about. Dorian? Are we talking about another bracket? Yeah, man. We're bracketing it up, dude. We always – we got a bracket. Brackets are the best. Everybody loves a good bracket. Especially we did not have March Madness this year. We need more brackets. Ducks were going to win. The lady, the lady Ducks and the Men Ducks. This is a terrible year. Lady Ducks definitely would have gotten that trophy. And that it makes me very sad. But we could talk about this all day. And uh, I'm not really feeling ending this podcast on a sour note. So we're going to go ahead and close it off here today, guys. If you really enjoyed the episode, please remember to like, subscribe, and rate us as always. We're really happy to have Francis on the show from this point going forward. He's going to be included in the episodes, especially on our drawing a blank episodes. So with that said, thank you, everybody. Take care. Love you all. Be good out there.